0: In one of the most fundamental skills of Tanakh taught to any Jewish learner is the implication of the word Vayhi. Generally, the word Vayhi connotes pain and suffering, or a sign of trouble. This is learned from Masech and Megillah, which expounds the words Vayhi bime, ferosh, being the start of very difficult times for the Jewish people. Thus it begs the question, as our parasha this week begins with the erection and dedication of the Mishkan on the first day of Nisan, a moment of great joy and celebration, why does our parasha begin with the word Vahi? Many answers are given to this question, most famously that although there was tremendous cause for celebration, nevertheless, this was also the day that Nadav and Avihu, Aharon's two oldest and holy sons perished in a very tragic occurrence. The simcha associated with the opening of the Mishkan was stained with mourning and sorrow with the loss of two great souls. However, reading the Or HaChaim HaKadosh this week, I came across an incredible explanation that fits perfectly with how the opening verse is structured. He argues that the pain being felt isn't as a result of Nadab and Avihu's death, but rather on the part of Moshe. Recall that it was Moshe who was supposed to be the high priest, the Kohen Gadol. It was he and his descendants which would have had the sacred job of serving Hashem in the temple. And now instead, it goes into the hands of his brother and his nephews, and not his own sons. The Talmud tells us about the high priest, Shimon HaTzadik, who had appointed one of his sons, Chonav, to be his successor something which aroused the jealousy of his brother Shimei, The results were terrible as Shim'i went out and had his brother killed. At any rate, we see from here that aspiring to something noble may cause even the finest person anguish if one's desire goes unfulfilled. At the time, God had repeatedly urged Moshe to accept the role of leader of the Jewish people, and Moshe had repeatedly declined. God had become angry deciding to deny Moshe the position of the Kohen Gadol. Up until now, Moshe had not felt saddened by not having been accorded the rank of Kohen Gadol. Now, when he saw that his brother had been given this honor, he was saddened by having forfeited the chance to take such a role. Although we know that Moshe was the most humble and fair person, his heart was not made of stone, and he suffered some emotional distress about this especially as the position denied him involved being the instrument of atonement for his people. Learn from here how great the pain is of jealousy. And although what is taking place at this moment is something that makes him feel proud as a brother, as a leader, though, it wasn't easy for Moshe. Indeed, Moshe was the humblest of all men, righteous in every facet of life, but nevertheless, he will forever lose out on this opportunity to serve Hashem in the most prestigious of mitzvot, that of the priesthood, the kehuna. However, says the Orachim, we are dealing with Moshe, the greatest leader of the Jewish people. And so much can be learned from every action of his that sometimes, without paying close attention to it, we would lose sight of what a great man he was. The question he poses is, why call the elders to inaugurate Aharon and his sons? The Torah is clear. Vahi bayom hashemini, and it was on the eighth day. Kara Moshe Moshe called Aharon and his sons, Ul Israel Yisrael and the elders of Israel. If indeed the following instructions of offering the korbanot were solely for Aharon and his descendants, why are the elders invited to take part and watch? He answers... Amazingly, any psychologist realizes that a person who is forced to give up a position of honor originally intended for himself to someone else, even if that someone is his own brother, he may be expected to display his distress in three different ways. Number one, he is likely to carry out the command with dispatch and zeal, he is unlikely to carry the command with dispatch and zeal. Instead, he will act lazily and procrastinate. Number two, he is unlikely to perform the command in the most effective manner. Why give it in my all if there's no benefit to me? As long as I get it done, that's good enough. And three, he will try to avoid fulfilling this command publicly, so to avoid extensive honor to the recipient. The Torah here describes that Moshe mastered all the inhibitions an ordinary individual would have displayed in carrying out this command. Number one, he carried out the command on the first day it was possible, the eighth day. Number two, he carried out the command with all its attendant subsidiary commands, that is he appointed Aharon's sons at the same time, although there was no immediate need for Aharon's sons to substitute for their father. And this was perhaps the hardest part for him to fulfill. And three, he called in the elders of the people and performed the command in public. Moshe displayed an example of suppressing his personal feelings in order to fulfill God's command. There's no question that it takes a certain level of emotional maturity to deal with the many feelings around jealousy. It takes a willingness to challenge our critical inner voice and all the insecurities it generates. It also takes willpower to step back and resist acting on our impulsive, jealous reactions. However, when we foster this power in ourselves, we realize, as Moshe Rabbeinu teaches us, we are a lot stronger than we think. By learning how to deal with jealousy, we become more secure in ourselves and in our relationships. Shabbat shalom umeborah